0: Welcome to Hiraith, the home of modern Welsh politics.
1: As part of our series on local government, we're interviewing a number of local government leaders. Tonight we speak to leader of Monmouthshire County Council, Richard John. Conservative councillor for the Mitchell-Troy Ward since 2017, he was appointed in May 2021 when previous leader Peter Fox was elected to the Senate. Richard is now the youngest council leader in Wales and joins us tonight to talk about all things Monmouthshire. Good evening, Richard. Good evening. So first of all can you just talk us through Monmouthshire? I think people know about it but for anyone who doesn't know much about the county can you just give us an outline of you know the economy, the demographics, the type of area it is with industry and the like?
0: So we're, we're really lucky to live in one of the most, most beautiful parts of, of Wales. We stretch from the, the, the edge of the Brecon Beacons near Abergavenny across to the Area of Outstanding Natural Beauty in the, in the Wye Valley, and we've got a, a number of really popular market towns, uh, Abergavenny, uh, Chepstow, Monmouth. Uh, Caldercott is, is an area that has needed more investment. So that's, that's one area where we've been looking to work with UK government on the levelling up agenda. It's a really beautiful part of the world. Sometimes there are misconceptions about Monmouthshire. We do have uh, pockets of, of poverty although it's sometimes it, it goes a bit under the radar so we um there's work for us to do to support a number of families in in deprived or pockets um and they're, they're quite spread out across the county so you don't have the the the, the levels or, or depth of deprivation that, that you have in perhaps some of the some of our neighboring local authorities in in south wales but We've got um, an older, generally, slightly older population than other councils in South Wales. That presents its challenges, so partic- places a particular burden on, on the social care system. I, I suppose the, the demographics are symptomatic of the, the levels of housing we have in, in the county. Um, house prices are, are very high, generally, uh, in, in parts of Monmouthshire, and... That presents a challenge because we we don't want younger people to have to live to have to leave where they've grown up. There are a number of places I can think of in in my ward and elsewhere in the county where people of my generation, people in their in their 30s, 40s, have had to leave the community where they've grown up because they can't afford to buy a home there. So we need to do more in terms of providing more affordable housing both in in the towns and also in, in some of the smaller communities we've we've got in Monmouthshire. We want people to be able to stay here, to raise a family, to find sources of employment nearby. We don't want people to have to, to leave to, to Bristol, um, to the Forest of Dean, Newport, and unfortunately that's what a lot of younger people are, are having to do. So that, that's a real challenge that, that we need to overcome, and we've been talking to Welsh Government about about how we do that, and about how we need to be more ambitious, really, in terms of the uh, levels of affordable housing we we want to build here. But generally, it's uh, we're really lucky to live in a, a wonderful part of the world with a, a, a thriving local economy. We've increasingly got some some really high tech industries, either in Monmouthshire or on our borders, and we've been working with neighbouring authorities to to help. Uh, expand the, the local economy, and um, I, I know this is something you want to talk about a bit later on.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we'll come on that onto that how local authorities work together. I, th- I think you outlined there a lot of the specific challenges and strengths that Monmouthshire has compared to the rest of Wales often mixed up. So often we hear about the issues that impact the UK or Welsh governments, but what are the major challenges do you think that are facing local government? across wales but also is there anything specifically in monmouthshire
0: so one of the challenges we face specifically is is local government funding which we don't feel is is as fair as it should be you look at the levels of funding that come from welsh government to to councils and consistently monmouthshire is the lowest funded council um, we get about 1000 i think it's 1176 pounds per head of population one of our neighbouring councils gets £1,800 per person. The average in Wales is, I think, about 14... No, sorry, the average is 1,600. If we were funded to the average, we'd have about £40 million extra to, to spend on local services. So we have... A greater proportion of our income comes from council tax, and that places a burden on, on our residents. We feel and um, it's it's becoming increasingly an unfair burden because... The gap between the lowest and highest funded councils in Wales is just it's widening year on year it's got wider again this year and it's just widened to such an extent um, we feel it's it's getting really quite unfair now so that's that's one one challenge we we face but there there are a number of um, challenges that we we share with with other councils how we make our economies more more dynamic how we change our our town centres as well, because the, the role of the town centre has changed quite significantly, not just through internet shopping, but during the pandemic as well. And we need to make sure that our towns are, are fit for the future. It may well be that we need a greater proportion of housing in our town centres than perhaps we've had in, in the past. There are a number of towns where you know, vacant premises are, are getting are increasing. We don't have that problem to a massive extent in, in Monmouthshire. We've actually got some of our towns are really thriving right now. Um, Abergavenny is one example where we put a lot of investment into the, into the town. We recently pedestrianised it and that's been really successful. So you've now got a far more pleasant place for people to come and shop spend time it's it's got that real market town destination feel about it and that's happened through through hard work there's been a lot of investment there we've moved our our livestock market out to the town center to um, allow for more 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 shopping and to bring more people into the town and it was quite controversial at the time, but actually it's proved really successful. Um, so that's a town that's really on the up at the moment, but I think across Wales, we need to think about the future of the town centre and each town needs to be treated on, on its own merits, really, because even in Monmouthshire, and we've, we've got five towns, we have to treat each one differently because while well, what we've delivered in Abergavenny has been really successful, it's not necessarily a model that easily lifts elsewhere. There are other towns where we'd love to completely pedestrianise the the town centre and improve air quality on the on the main high streets, but it's it's not always possible to do, depending on you know how the the road network is outside the town. So we've got some other towns where we haven't got the the, the situation there quite right in terms of the the, the transport we want. Um, people to be able to walk cycle or take public transport into the town centre we want accessible parking for those from rural areas who have to who have to travel by car but we want to make our town centres as as pleasant an experience for people as we can and taking the car out of the the main high street if if it's possible it's certainly worked in Abergavenny but I appreciate it's not something that that works everywhere but um Town centres is certainly something we we need to do um, across across Wales.
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, you're talking to someone who used to work on town centre regeneration, so can wax lyrical. And you've got some <laughs> some lovely examples there with lots of good things going on. I know Abergevany Well and is particularly striking at the moment. So congratulations on everything that's going on there. Like, you obviously mentioned funding there being an issue. and can understand uh, the view you're coming on from there. And, uh, the the disparity in amounts between uh, Monmouthshire and other neighbouring authorities and arguably the political connotations around that. You know, one of the areas local authorities are now able to access is around the Shared Prosperity Fund. Have you had any experience of that process and do you think that's had any impact on local government funding levels?
0: Um, so obviously, so far we the Shared Prosperity Fund isn't up and running, but the um, the, the Leveling Up Fund is a sort of precursor to yeah, it. So yeah. We've we, we've had a lot of discussions with uh, you know between local authority leaders about, and with with Welsh government as well about how. With with UK government, sorry, about how the the Shared Prosperity Fund is is going to work, and I I have to say I really welcome the the move by UK government to to work directly with with councils. You know we've we've got that level of local knowledge and expertise that perhaps isn't there to the same extent at at the Welsh government level. So um, I think working with you know one of the most local tiers of government through these funds, I, I think is absolutely the right thing to do, and I really welcome that, and I know that's that's welcomed across the parties as well. There are a number of councils in Wales that have benefited from the, the first round of the shared, of the uh, levelling up fund. Mine wasn't one of them, unfortunately, but we, we did have a couple of very strong bids, and uh, we're looking forward to resubmitting those in the, the new round, which uh, I, I expect will be opening shortly. Because we're, we're really keen to, to work with UK government on, on the levelling up agenda. You know, as we come out of the pandemic, there is a feeling that we, we need to do things differently to how we've done before. There have been a lot of lessons from, from that that the, the levelling up fund can can help with. The fact that it's just been such a hard time for so many people. And I think it's really taught us about taught some lessons about what's important in life, about what you value in your in your community um i think we have a responsibility as councils to do everything we can to make sure that we we have a, a brighter future for everyone and uh, our um bids were specifically focused on those that we felt would have economic benefit and those that would benefit people's mental and physical well-being as well for well-being it's, it's been a terrible uh, two years it's really taken its toll on people's mental health. It's also shown us how important it is to keep physically fit and active. So w- one of our levelling up bids, for example, was uh, to completely renovate Coldcott Leisure Centre. Um, it's desperately needed. And we wanted to build on, on what we've done in in Monmouth. I mean, traditionally, leisure centres run at a loss. They're a, they're a burden for, for councils. When the t- When the going gets tough, that's why, unfortunately, they they get looked at. say, well, you know, is is this something that unfortunately needs needs to go? We want our leisure centres to be sustainable because we we recognise how important they are to people's well being. So, in Monmouth, we completely refurbished our leisure centre there. Uh, we introduced some new funding, some new uh, revenue streams. So there's jacuzzi, steam rooms, spa. Uh, there's um, a beauty therapy room where they do massages and all sorts of different treatments. We've got an open plan cafe and three-tier soft play area uh, which is really popular with with families for, for parties. So actually before the pandemic started we were actually expecting that leisure centre to return a small surplus which is almost which is unheard of for particularly for council-run leisure centres and we're one of the few councils in Wales that uh, we, we haven't either flogged our leisure centres or or put them into a trust, we continue to run them ourselves. So that's, that's quite unusual, but we want those services to be sustainable for the long term. So we don't ever want to be in a position where a future council looks at the bottom line and says, well, look, sorry, one of these is gonna have to go. So we feel a real responsibility now, and I hope that we can work with UK government to do it through the levelling up agenda to, to make some of these services more sustainable Um, so uh, they'll last well into the future so it's um, it's an agenda we're really keen on really keen to to work with government and you know you've already seen a number of projects across Wales where um, different communities are are going to benefit from from this agenda I know Welsh government are not particularly happy about the uh, they've been cut out of the decision making process to to some extent but I think a lot of people would point to the the spending of billions of pounds of EU structural funds um, in the South Wales valleys over the last 20 years, and ask, well, what benefit have people actually had from those? I mean, in in the referendum campaign, you'd think for all that money that had been had been spent, people would have seen the benefits. But to me, it just seems so much of that money was misspent and people didn't feel the benefits of of being in the European Union. And that's why some of those that those areas of Wales that benefited most from the EU funds voted most strongly to leave.
1: A very interesting point. I think it's one we're definitely going to look at at a pod in future days. Uh, future future pods rather. Um, but you mentioned working with the UK government there, and, and you mentioned working with other authorities. So that's what I'd like to look at now. Have you got any particular thoughts on the role of city deals and regional partnerships? Uh, Cross local authority working, and even much talked about Western Gateway. You know, what, what's your approach to those kind of uh, schemes?
0: So, I mean, more so for me than perhaps any other council leader in in Wales, if I want to get anything done, I need to be able to work with, with other people, particularly as the only Conservative out of, you know, in a room full of 22 leaders. If I can't work with other councils, I can't get anything done. You've got to be able to work with people and and put party differences to to one side um so i i've got a really good relationship with other other council leaders and um, although i've only been leader for 10 months or so and it's been difficult building those relationships because we haven't been able to spend much time together it's mainly been meetings on zoom or teams rather than face to face but th- those relationships are really important and it's it's a benefit to our residents to work together because you know, South Wales is a relatively small geographical area. Something that creates new jobs in Cardiff or Newport or Bridgend is going to benefit my residents as much as it's going to benefit residents in Blyna Gwent or RCT. So It's really important that we work together, particularly on on areas of of economic development, um, strategic investment, trying to attract some some big economic players to South Wales, um, trying to build some of the new um, industries we want focused in in South Wales. So the work that's been done on um, the, the compound semiconductor industry and to create a more thriving sector in in southeast Wales is you know the more we can do to to work together particularly with with universities and and businesses to to attract those highly skilled jobs it's it's going to be a a benefit to to young people in 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 all our communities you know from from Swansea right across to, to to Monmouthshire so that joint working is is really important
1: you know, the joint working is there, and I think you've alluded to a few of the, the big projects going on, and that's with local government working together as they are now. Would you, would you see a change to um, the city region having a mayoral type approach being something that would be of interest, or do you not see the setup what we've got, is ready for that type of um, position?
0: I'm I'm not overly a fan to be honest of of elected mayors. We have got quite a lot of politicians in in Wales already and the thought of creating uh, another tier is is something I'm I'm not not a fan of. I I I think the the local representation through the councils we have is really important. I think there's more we can do and we we are doing to um, embed joint working between councils and the, the new corporate joint committee we're having in, in East Wales is, is going to do that. I'm interested in discussions about the, the powers that the new corporate joint committee could, could have and not just sharing powers that councils already have. I'm interested in what powers could perhaps be transferred down from Welsh Government to, to a regional level. Devolution shouldn't just work one way. It shouldn't just be about pulling powers up from councils or pulling powers down from UK government to the Welsh government. It's also about Welsh government playing their role and devolving uh, some powers that could be used more effectively at at a regional level. I'm also interested in how we can, at the regional level, do more to improve accountability, particularly in in the health service, where it just feels there's such an enormous democratic deficit. You've got a budget of, what, eight, nine billion pounds, all accountable to, you've got health boards and trusts, all accountable to one individual, the health minister. It just feels to me, it would be far more accountable if, there was a role for local authorities to to scrutinize the work of health boards in in their area because we've got the local knowledge of of services um in in our communities you know we are we spend more time with with the public than the in in our area than, than the, um, a health minister in in cardiff would do so i think we need a real discussion now about particularly given the challenges we've had in the health service over the last couple of years and uh, you know day in day out we're seeing stories in the press about some really horrendous experiences people are having which is no fault of doctors and nurses and other NHS staff but the 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 system is is not working I mean we we're always getting uh, complaints about the the situation at the Grange where you've got so this is the uh, new, hospital that's just opened um in the last year or so over in um planfraqva uh, near Cumbran. it's it's horrendous the the stories we're hearing ambulances queued out there quite quite regularly ambulance response times being missed so i'm really interested in in the discussion about how we can improve accountability in the nhs and i think there's a role for councils working regionally to do that
1: Maybe not a city mayor uh, approach in um, the region, but is there any aspect of local government reform you can see, You know, building on what you just said about health? Do you, do you think Wales, the 22 authorities, does need any kind of shake-up at all?
0: I'm not in favour of, um, of local government reorganisation. Um, you know, we've had numerous reorganisations uh, in the last 20 years, particularly in, in the health service um there was one reorganization to create 22 health boards there was another one a couple of years later to disband them and merge them back into uh in, into seven again i i don't think the public want us to be spending time on reorganization particularly now as we're coming out of the pandemic i think we we need to be focused on on the the, the day-to-day work of making our communities um greener uh, more economically vibrant uh, improving opportunities for children and young people um, improving the very challenging situation we have in in social care where carers are still not being paid enough it's we're not doing enough uh, as a as a country to attract people into in into social care you know caring is a really important profession and to think you can earn more stacking shelves in a supermarket than you can providing end-of-life care to some of the most vulnerable people in our country just seems. Completely wrong. We're proud to be one of the very few uh, councils that pays uh, well above the the real living wage for for our carers, but you know that's that's one of the many many challenges we we face as a council. And I I don't think uh, local government reorganisation should be on
1: on our radar at all at the moment. You also mentioned uh, a little earlier about powers coming down rather than just going up. Are there any? any areas which you think would really benefit local government by having greater powers?
0: I, I think there are a, a few areas that we, we should be looking to discuss with Welsh Government, particularly in terms of uh, strategic planning, uh, economic development, business growth. I think there's a lot we, we should be doing um, to, to work together between councils because we're facing a lot of the same challenges. And I, I think there's a lot more we could do to, to work together. But if Welsh Government's prepared to devolve some powers down to councils, unfortunately, what we've seen over the last 20 years or so is powers devolved from Westminster down to Cardiff Bay and they stop there. Um, And I I think there's a lot more we could do to, I I suppose, streamline the way we, we run our country and to ensure that powers rest as local as they can as local as is administratively possible I, I suppose you know there are there are some things that you you wouldn't want to transfer from 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 Welsh government but um I, I think there's a discussion to be had uh, about about real devolution.
1: As we move in you know the, we've got an election in a month away and one of the questions we've put to other leaders and other commentators is around how democratic local government actually is. And Monmouthshire actually is one of the highest performing councils in Wales with 46% of the eligible voters turning out at the the last election, which is higher than the Welsh average. But that's still less than half voters, half the voting population, coming out and, you know, choosing who will run their local services. Do, Do you think that we should be concerned about that lack of engagement?
0: it is disappointing but um you know we we all have a responsibility as as councillors as candidates to go out there and motivate people um it it is a it is a challenge i know it doesn't attract as much news as a as a general election does and of course you know we've got local elections in wales but we haven't got local elections in in most of england so um it's not going to be um, dominating the, the national news in the way a general election would. So there's a responsibility for us to, to raise awareness of, of this through our delivering of leaflets, knocking doors, and, and going out there and talking to people. We do have a healthier turnout than many other parts of Wales, but we we still need to do a lot more. Um, we want as many people to be able to take part as, as possible, but we've got to go out there and persuade people. We've also got to make sure that in what we're promising that we're we're relevant we're talking about the issues that people care about that's why we've been talking about um, improving opportunities for children and young people improving the the play areas we've got in the county uh, building new schools driving up school standards um, leading the green agenda something we've been really proud of of doing we're keen to Uh, expand the network of electric vehicle charging points across the county Uh, we're exploring the the hydrogen market we're keen to get our county better connected so through our uh, investment portfolio we've been working with a a local broadband provider um, by offering them a, a commercial loan which has given us a revenue stream, but it's it's also enabled them to set up a pipeline of thirty seven million pounds worth of investment in superfast fibre in into some of the, the most rural parts of Monmouthshire. It's been a massive benefit to, to some of our most rural communities. So th- those are the sorts of things we've we've been talking about, but we've also got to make sure that um, we're putting up a slate of candidates who are who are relevant, who are in touch with their communities. So. We've been working really hard to, to headhunt candidates, basically, over the last two years. I've been very clear, I don't want um, a bunch of councillors who enjoy going into political slanging matches or uh, enjoy sitting in committees pontificating about things. I want people who are real community activists who are going to get stuck in. I want people who uh, enjoy organising litter picks, people who um, are working on um, different community groups. So One of our candidates has been um, a trustee of um, a, a local charity that's that's looking to um, help get, get a community hub up and running. We've got a, a number of candidates involved in uh, different community groups, and I want people who are going to roll their sleeves up and, and get stuff done. You know, that's the sort of attitude I, I want. So we've been headhunting candidates for a couple of years now, and um, we've also been trying to improve the, the diversity in our in our group. I don't want a council full of old white men in their, in their 70s for whom it's just a, a top-up to their pension. I, I want a properly diverse council. So I'm really proud that we've got um, the majority of our candidates are under the age of 60, uh, which is quite unusual in in many parts of Wales. I think there are some some councils where there are only three or five councillors who aren't old white men. We've we've also got uh, over half our candidates are are women. I don't think anywhere in Wales the, the Tory Party's done done that before. So uh, we're we're really proud of the, the the field of candidates we're we're putting up and. Um, it's now up to the to the voters to decide who who they want to elect but we' we're, we're really hopeful we can make Monmouthshire the first council in Wales to have a 50/50 gender balance which would be a real milestone in in equality but obviously it's it's up to the voters who they who they elect now
1: I'm someone who believes that local elections should be thought very much as you just described on local issues and have local campaigners and activists uh, represent you. There is much to be made in the media about national issues, and I say national at a UK level here. Do you think that, or is that your experience already that that has been discussed on the doorstep? Or do you think that will have any bearing locally? Sometimes it's
0: something people raise on the doorstep, whether they whether they like Boris or they don't like Boris. Boris is not on the ballot paper. Uh, in, in, you know, I was having a, a conversation with someone um, the other day. He said, oh, well, I, I don't like Boris. Well, Boris is not going to be standing in mega or or Usk. Um, this is about who's going to be your local councillor for the next five years um so you know other parties may be saying well this this is about sending a message to to the uk government this this is not about that at all um, you know unfortunately we've seen um some of our opponents put out leaflets criticizing uk government over the, the running of the NHS, for instance. Well, you know, the NHS has been run by the Labour Party for the last 25 years. So that's that's a very strange thing to do, but it's some of them are trying to piggyback on the national, national issues, which is quite odd. Um, this is a local election. It's, it's about who's going to be your local councillor for, for the next five years, whether you have a hardworking local champion Unfortunately, we've had some independent councillors who don't have a very good attendance record. Some have been quite close to being chucked off the council for not, not attending meetings. You know, you've got to choose really carefully about who who you want to work hard for your community for the next five years. And I'm really proud of the field of candidates we've, we've got there. They're all grafters. But, you know, if you want something done, you've got to ask a busy person. We've got some... Um, some really high caliber individuals who, who I think are going to make brilliant councillors. Uh, but obviously, it's up to, to the public um, who they vote for.
1: So you mentioned there that some of the, the opponents you've got in Monmouthshire are making capital at a national level. But can you, can you just tell us a little bit about the political makeup of Monmouthshire? You mentioned independence there leading into next month. You know, have you got any expectations ahead, or are you prepared to say that at the moment?
0: We we have no idea what what the result will be, but uh, at the moment there are twenty five. Um, so in twenty seventeen, uh, there were twenty five Conservatives elected, uh, ten Labour, five Independents, and three Liberals. Uh, the Labour group's a bit smaller now because they've they've had a couple of defections. People will will have a choice. You know, we've as conservative candidates, we've got a really good working relationship with our with our local uh, Senedd members, with our local MP David Davis. And if there's a problem, we can work constructively at an assembly level, at a at a Westminster level to to get things done. There will be there will be some who might be tempted to vote Liberal Democrat or independent, but. Uh, Unfortunately, in in Monmouthshire, the Liberal Democrats and the Independents almost always vote with the Labour Party. So the the concept of being independent, unfortunately, they're they're not very independent at all. Um, We've got a number of independents who, first of all, tried to be elected for a a particular political party, weren't able to win that way, and then subsequently got elected as, as independents. The, there will be a temptation to, to support an independent, thinking, oh, well, that's an anti-party politics thing to do. But many of them are just as political. They almost always vote with the Labour Party. And actually, they don't have that much influence to get things done. So certainly with with, with our group, you would you would have that influence. And that's a, a message we're trying to get across. We want to get things done, but it's only with a majority working with our um senedd and and westminster colleagues that we can actually get things done and make a difference for people
1: you've only been leader for 10 months you said and you've been in um a councillor for several years longer than that is there anything that you consider your greatest achievement or any kind of issues you would you'd have liked to have done differently We've,
0: there's there's a great deal that uh, we're, we're really proud of I and mean, particularly that the new schools we've we've opened we've opened two new secondary schools in the last few years uh, we're the the only council in the UK to run a post office um, there was a, a post office in usk that was threatened with with closure this was a couple of years after the, the last bank left the town and we were faced with the, the prospect of many older residents. Um, losing losing that facility altogether, so we stepped in as a council and we now run a post office. It was running at a loss. Um, it's now I'm pleased to say breaking even, but that's something we're really proud of. That hasn't been done anywhere else in the UK, but that's somewhere where we felt we can make a difference to to help our communities. Um, broadband is another one. We haven't got any responsibility for for broadband, but through this partnership we have with local broadband providers, we've been able to set up a pipeline of £37 million worth of investment in in Superfast Broadband. There's an awful lot you can do as a local authority that it might not always necessarily be within your control, but there are things you can do. So there are other problems that um, we're we're keen to uh, help address in future as well, like, like river quality. We, we don't have responsibility as a council for for river quality but are there things that we can do to help improve that so we've been having discussions with with Welsh Water um and others about um some of the land we have bordering rivers is there something we can do to help improve water quality there so um there's some interesting discussions to have and um I, I think it's it's a really exciting time to be in local government, and um, there's a great deal we can do. But you've got to be able to work in partnership with people.
1: One final question, and it's uh, one one of my colleagues has put in the script. And as a historian, it sends shivers down my back. But you know, Wales uh, for a long time it was Wales and Monmouth, and some people see that disputed side of Monmouth's position, but. Do you, do you think now Monmouth is very, very comfortable as being part of Wales in 2022 and having a, a really clear place in, you know, improving Wales as a whole?
0: Absolutely. We're, we're a key part of Wales. We've got uh, an, an increasing Welsh medium um, education sector. We've got two Welsh medium schools at the moment. We've got plans in place to open our third in the next couple of years we're doubling capacity at our other two welsh medium schools we're in discussions with neighboring authorities about setting up a welsh medium secondary uh provision for the first time it's not something we we have at the moment we're a we're a, a key part of wales and we're we're really keen to continue working with um with with neighboring authorities although we we have to have a relationship with partners in england as well you know it's a very artificial boundary in in many ways um we've got a really good working relationship with our colleagues in gloucestershire and herefordshire and that's going to be increasingly important as the western gateway develops and um you know you've got to be able to work across boundaries and that's something we're really keen to continue to do
1: well that's great i've got one quick request but uh my part of Monmouthshire is the Vale of Us, coming down from Hay over to uh, Lantoni and last time I came over the road was closed but you could still get through so if you could make an effort to make that road reopen by my next visit Richard that'd well, be great. We'll see what we can
0: do. We <laughs> uh,
1: but seriously thank you for joining us tonight. If people want to hear a little bit more from you. Have you got a preferred social media or Twitter handle they can do that through?
0: Yeah, I've I've got my Twitter handle is uh, at richjohnrj. So um, yeah, feel free.
1: We will tag you into the pod. And once again, thank you for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure. Thank
0: you very much. Lovely to see you. Thank you for listening to Hear Ith. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review.